0: And we're moving into chapter 13 of the book of Matthew. The same day, in verse 1, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. I think it's uh, interesting that we just finished in chapter 12 talking about um, how Jesus was somewhat lamenting or at least sharing the fact that there was somebody greater than Jonah and somebody greater, wiser than Solomon and, and so on and yet people still li- didn't listen. Um, he was forever talking about those who didn't respond because that was his greatest sorrow that he would share the good news of Jesus Christ and people would not respond and obviously it's our greatest sorrow today. There are so many people who do not. Now, it's not to say nobody does because here you have a whole multitude of people who have come to him um, to hear him so much that he had to kind of create somewhat of an amphitheater. Um, They were by the seashore and with <clears throat> all these people there, there was really no good place for him to stand and all of them to speak. And so he got in a boat and he went out into the water a little ways. Well, water will carry sound. Um, so it would carry the sound back to the seashore and sort of amplify his voice somewhat. And the people, of course, could stand along the seashore and focus on this one part. They couldn't crowd in around him and block him out from the view and from the listening ear of those around him. So, you know, he kind of created this nat- natural amphitheater here, and there were there were that many people. So there are a lot of people who come to Christ. There are a lot of people who listen, and and that's that's great news. That's wonderful. It's the way it should be, but unfortunately, it's not all people. And then you know that we should never be satisfied with just a whole bunch of people. Well, you know, I get excited when we have somebody saved, and even more excited when we have multiple people saved. But the unfortunate truth is that pales in comparison to the number of people who reject the, the, the Word of Christ and don't have any interest in even hearing about it or even caring. That's why we try to go out and share with them door to door as best we can. But nonetheless, there are, there are several who do come. And so he, he began to speak to these people. And, you know, as a pastor, I've been a pastor for 27 years, or I was, and um you know, you you only have the audience that you have, and those are the people that people that you're called to speak to. And you, you wake up every every morning knowing that you need to share with them something from God's Word that will feed them and encourage them and guide them on because they're out among all these people who don't care about Christ, and they need to be lifted up and encouraged and trained. So you know, so that's what he does. Verse uh, three, and he spake many things unto them in parables. Jesus used parables quite often, and he kind of explains why he does that here later. So I'll kind of save that for now. Uh, But parables just bear in mind is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So there's there's always a spiritual interpretation to them. And here's what he says: Behold, a a sower went forth to sow. That sower, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is you and I. That's our responsibility. Um, it's our job to go out into the world and share with the people out there. But when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Look, we don't have the option of choosing who we share with and who we don't. Our, our option is just to get the seed out there, and get it in the soil. Um, just try to try to get it to plant. If you're a farmer, you, you know you know you, you want to plant as much as you can, realizing that you're going to have loss. Um, some of it's just, uh, it's not going to take. Um, and like it says here, some fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. Um, you know, they don't, very often what happens when you, you, you sow, you, you dig a furrow, you know, and you plant your seeds in a furrow, then you can cover them up with some of the dirt and protect them. But the ones that fall off to the side, uh, those don't get protected. And so the world consumes them. And so that's what he's talking about here. We go out, we share the gospel with anybody and everybody, um, knowing that very many of them will just reject it right off the bat. They won't even hear what you have to say. And the world is going to come along and consume it. And and so they don't benefit from it. Uh, Verse 5, some fell into stony places when they... uh, where they had not much earth, forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. So, some ground is not very fertile. Some ground is not very deep. There's not enough soil there. You know, my wife is a gardener. She likes to plant flowers and stuff like that, and she's constantly getting me to come out and dig holes and and, you know, till the ground and do things like that to get it so it would be more receptive to the, the seeds and flowers and whatnot that she's planting. But <laughs> in some cases, you, you just can't dig deep enough. We've got a, um, we had a, a small stump out in our front yard. And it was kind of unsightly and that sort of thing. And rather than pay to dig it up, what I did was I went and, and I got some, uh, Landscaping bricks and built sort of a circle around it, and filled it up, built it up above the height of the stump, and filled it up with uh, topsoil so she could plant a flower bed in it. Problem is, right in the center where the stump is, the soil's not as deep, and so it doesn't do well. The plant, the whatever she plants, doesn't work very well there. So I've had to find an alternate purpose for it, but. Uh, The point being that you know some places the the ground is deep and receptive and it'll take the the soil and some places it won't and when that happens the sun dries it up It the soil's not deep enough to hold water. It can't form any roots and so it dies So whatever you plant there may start out well and then it's gonna die um and some fell among, verse 7, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked him. So, you know, I mean, you're going to try and spread the the word of God wherever you can, but very often the influences around them um, are just not going to be what you want them to be, and they're going to come along. Satan, you know, he's going to come along right away and try to thwart whatever you you said, try to turn it around and, and uh, get people to reject it, and so... That's very often what will happen. It's, it's, it's planted where um, outside influences are just too powerful, and they overcome it. Uh, and verse 8, But other fell into the good ground, brought forth fruit, some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let them hear. So obviously there's the good ground, and that's what you're looking for. You go in, you, you try to plant the seed there. Um, and if you do that and you do it effectively, you'll see some results. God has promised that. Now, I've heard different sermons on this passage before, and you probably have too. And I've even had people try to say that, well, because you get the four different situations, it means 25% of the time you'll find success and 75% of the time you'll fail. Now, I don't know if those are accurate numbers or not. I really don't hold much stock in that. What I do know is that um, success is in the minority. Satan's got a pretty good grip on this world. And the fact is, when you're sharing Christ, odds are, majority of the time, you're wasting your breath. People aren't interested, they're not gonna listen. Um, All you can do is hope that you find some fertile ground sometime. So in verse uh, 10, and the disciples came and said to him, why speakest, unto the, um, the, why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Well, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, folks, take heed here. When you give your life to Christ, everything changes. Not only are your sins forgiven, not only do you have a renewed interest in the things of God, but you have an understanding you didn't have before. Some of the wondrous questions of life are answered simply by knowing Jesus Christ. Um, just knowing the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to please God. Revelation 4.11 it, it, tells us that we're here, he created us to please himself. And so that that's what we are designed to do. That is our function. That is, we are the tool that God created in order to perform the function that he wants, to for, perform the task that he wants. And so only humanity can do that. I, you know, I look at the wonders of this earth and his creation and, um, and God, when he created the earth, said it was good. But but man is his crowning achievement. We we were the. It was all created for us, so that we could serve him. Um, so you know, nothing can please God like man can please God, and it's because we can understand that we realize that we have that ability, and so it's our responsibility then to do exactly that. Says for uh, verse twelve: For whosoever hath to him. For whosoever hath, to him shall it be given. He shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. God is telling us that whatever we have, it has a purpose. God gives us what we have in order to please him with it. Um... And those who understand, he gives more knowledge. You know, the more we seek and the more we learn from God's word, the more we're going to learn. It's, it's amazing to me that the more I learn from God, the more I realize there is to learn. Um, and, and that's the way it works in our hearts and minds. God begins to open our eyes. And folks, once your eyes begin to open, you realize how much more there is to see out there, how much more there is to learn about God. Therefore, I speak, in, um, therefore, speak I to them in parables because. They seeing not, and hearing they, uh, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand it. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are, full, are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, should be converted and I should heal them. So you get the picture of those who are, who do not understand what this parable and God does that purposely uh, because he wants people who are seeking him. He says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Um, for verily I say unto you that the prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see And have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them so even the prophets of old um you know they were always seeking the messiah they were looking that's all they heard about their whole life is the messiah's coming the messiah's coming the messiah's coming and yet when he came the vast majority of them rejected him they they didn't understand the mystery that god was sharing and yet some people did and that's you and I, people. We, we have the ability to understand who Christ is, what he does, many of the things that he wants to do. We see things in a very different way from the world. We don't have a desire for the wealth of the world and, and, and the participation in the things of the world. Um, these, these, this is a very special gift that we have as children of Christ a very special knowledge that God has given us is hear ye therefore the parable of the sower so he begins to go ahead and then explain he says because I know you guys get it the others don't when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not then cometh the wicked the wicked one that catcheth the way and was sown in his heart Uh, this is he which received seed by the wayside so that's the first one but I've kind of already explained that to you but he that received seed into the so stony places the same seed that heareth the word and on with joy receiveth it yet he hath not rooted himself but dureth it for a while when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word by and by he is offended <laughs> so these are people that you see that, you know they, they catch they catch Christ they, they catch on fire and they flame for a while and then they burn out uh, he also that received them among the forms, he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. He becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth, understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So explains the parable pretty much as I explained it to you. Um, about who, you know, the people on the different ground are and how they they respond to the Word of God. So that takes us down through Matthew, uh, verse 23. We'll pick up in our next segment in verse 24. God bless.